everybody and welcome to uh, a new episode of the Football Chronicles. Uh, here with you today is me, Sebastian Garcia, and my friend Edgar Ramirez. Uh, Edgar is in Chicago. Hey, Edgar. Yep. Hey, Sebas. How are you? Good, man. Really good. Um, so we're going to start talking about the, the World Cup final, also the third place match, which happened on Saturday. And a little bit, some highlights of the World Cup in general. Yep. So on this note, Edgar, do you want to start talking maybe about some aspects of the World Cup? That you, you know, you know what's funny? I want to point out the fact that I think just completely... Uh, I think it's going to be a great introduction to our next point, which is that when we were discussing what to talk about, we said we were going to talk about the final, we were going to talk about some news at the end. And <laughs> we completely <laughs> forgot to mention um, the third place, uh, which you, of course, remembered now, which is a great thing. Yeah. Because no, not a lot of people remember it. Um, no, it's, just, it's not it's, that important. I think it's pointless. I mean, as we have talked before, I think that third place match shouldn't happen because I think all the all the all the teams involved, both teams are not excited anymore. They don't have. They just want to go home. They know they're not competing for any title. Just competing to be either third or fourth, which at the end it doesn't make that much of a difference, because they are they are already they have already gone far, you know they are like semi finalists or whatever you call them. So I think well, uh, they, they, for, hopefully for the workups they change that. I don't know, but I mean yeah. they they're playing the same number of matches as the winner or the potential winner without winning <laughs> or yeah. being able to win the World Cup and that kind of sucks I mean you know as a player you finish your season you want to go home on vacation but you have to do the World Cup and you're excited about that you know you cannot wait and then you have to play this stupid third match um, which I think let's say the semi-finals finish on a Tuesday I think Wednesday was the latest one if I remember correctly yeah yeah correct and the third game so you have to stay Thursday Friday Saturday so you have to say three extra days in which you could already be on vacation in a visa or somewhere else. Uh, I mean, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't want to do that. And also, I mean, there is no motivation to win. Like, you know, like in the match, you yeah. guys saw it. Uh, Belgium scored in the very first, like in the very first five minutes. And after that, I think England just gave up. England said, yeah, we are not competing for anything, so maybe just try to keep the, the score like this, and maybe at some point maybe we can like strike back and score a goal. But They, they, they scored so quickly. So as they scored, Belgium scored so quickly that I didn't even see it. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I wasn't ready, and I turned around and I was like, oh, great, it's already one zero. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think they... they yeah, they, it was not exciting for them to, you know, like to try to strike another, to make another goal. And at the end of the game, Belgium scored another goal, and that was the end of the match. It was not very exciting. Uh, anyhow, I strongly believe that Belgium was probably the best, not the best team, but the soccer that I liked the most in this yeah. World Cup was from Belgium. I think uh, Belgium ha had a really strong team. The way they played football was really exciting. I like company, I like uh, the hair, all the players they had were just amazing. I... Wait, the hair? The, like... Oh, no, not the hair, the Courtois, Courtois. Sorry. Courtois, sorry. 
I don't know what I was thinking, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, whoa, where did that come from? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know why sometimes I think that Hea is like not from Spain. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, Courtois, Courtois did a great job. Like, well, the, uh, the Bruin, I like the Bruin Hazard. I loved Lukaku. I mean, you know, whoever can hear, like, if you can also listen to our podcast in Spanish, I probably go on for like five minutes about how much I, yeah. how much I like Lukaku. At some um, point, I thought like Edgar was just going to say, "Hey, let's do the the, the podcast just about Lukaku," <laughs> because he is, and I'm going to say exactly what I said in Span in the in the Spanish version. He played in the same position Giroud in France plays, but he plays football. Like Lukaku knows how to play football. He was able to, you know, not just serve as pivot, but to grab the ball, distribute it, pass. I mean, he was extraordinary. I really like him. Um, so, yeah, I mean, him, Hazard, um, Kevin De Bruyne, uh, Chadley to the left. My goodness, it's an extremely dangerous team. Yeah, it's extremely good. I, I think the best matches in this World Cup uh, were played by Belgium. You know, like, I think, for example, to, for me, the best match was... Spain against Portugal in the group stage in which they the both teams scored three goals, which mm -hmm. that was amazing. Then I think one of my favorites was Japan against Belgium, in which Japan was winning the match. And in the last 10 minutes of the match, Belgium managed to score three goals and move forward into the tournament. And also another exciting match was Belgium against Brazil again the favorite for the title this year one of the favorites was Brazil and yet Belgium managed to win with a, a lot of authority I, yeah. I believe in that match yeah I don't know I mean, at, at the end Brazil was kind of pushing I mean Brazil always tried to push always tried to come back try to win but no I mean Belgium was better and I think I think they could feel it too yeah, that there was no way that they were gonna win this. Um, I, I, I didn't watch the Portugal Spain because I was in I was in Panama on my way to Peru. Uh, I do have to say though that when I landed in Panama, everyone was watching the game, so there were crowds of people <laughs> next to TVs on the airport everywhere I went. So I was trying to rush to my gate, and I see my gate afar, and I stop. Because I look up on a TV and I see that Cristiano Ronaldo is getting ready to, to to shoot the free kick. Shoot a free kick at that point. And he scored. And it was yeah, that, he, that he, third third goal to tie the game and the freaking airport went nuts. Um, oh because, my God. It yeah. was so well like well done. I've never yeah. seen a free kick like that in a World Cup. It was so precise in the very... Perfect corner that the ball should always go. It that you know, it's, in, it's impossible for the goalkeeper to reach that po that point. Yeah, it was very. It, Spain had a lot of pressure. You know, it was almost the end of the match. Yeah, that was so exciting. But so, definitely so, was one of the best matches I have I've seen so in that World Cup. I didn't see it, so I can really put that in my top. You know, three or two. Um, but obviously, it seems that it was a great game. Um, I mean, people were really excited at the airport. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and but yeah, I mean, I agree. I think the best match, well, what my, my more exciting, the one of the most exciting matches was probably the Belgium Japan. But the best probably in, in like soccer and ability to play and plays and all that fun stuff was um, Brazil um, Belgium for me as well. Um, it was just great, you know. 
a disappointing match for me. You know which one it was, and I think a lot of people will be surprised. Now which one? Was Argentina versus um, Nigeria, I think they played. Yeah, they played Nigeria, yeah, the yeah. last match. Yeah. And, 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 and let me tell you why. There's two, 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 two tangents to why. Argentina, well, first of all, Argentina historically should have been better, but they weren't. So that's number one, right? They sucked, uh, and they shouldn't have because it's Argentina. They have great players, whatever. Um, so th- there's that point, right, in which Argentina should not have been this predicament. Um, so that's why I didn't like it. But the other side of that coin is that Nigeria was a better team than Argentina. I was watching that game, and I could feel, I was feeling, oh my god, why is Nigeria not trying harder? They were respecting them way too much. That, that was my feeling, my appreciation, because Nigeria had the ability to beat them, and they just didn't. Yeah. I don't know if it was because they were young or what, but it was so disappointing to see because, I mean, obviously I want all South American teams to win because of where I'm from, but in that match I was like, man, Nigeria, come on, you can do this, and, and they didn't. Yeah. I, I think also, I don't know, Nigeria was the favorite to pass... Because Argentina didn't show like a lot of like uh, quality in the yeah. in the group stage, and I I thought Nigeria was the candidate to move forward. And For sure. Yeah, it was very disappointing to see that. Uh, I agree with what you just said. I don't know. I don't have much to add to it because I agree fully. <laughs> but uh, I I thought Argentina. Well, the only thing that I have to add is just that I, I thought Argentina was gonna be more dangerous afterwards, mm-hmm. but they they were not. They just yeah. stayed, they, yeah. And as we talked in the previous broadcast podcast, I think, yeah, he, uh, Argentina and, and most of the South American teams were not able to move far. And especially Brazil and Argentina, I think at the end, they were showing a little bit, uh, not, you know, like, not, they were not showing excitement and that plays yeah. a lot. I think that showed that they were not like enjoying or trying to make. A good impression in this World Cup at the end. Just at the end. I think Brazil, especially in that Belgium, uh, Brazil, I think they thought they were going to win it. But Belgium at the end managed to show them that it's not an, it was not an easy match for them. So Yep. I, I, I think, you know, I, I think Peru was unlucky not to make it through the group stage. I mean, you can clearly see that France was the best team in the tournament. And I think, you know, I don't think I say this, said this in the previous podcast, but um, when I watch the Peru France, you can see how France played the way they played the entire tournament. They the way they played against Peru, which was waiting. Peru had fifty five percent of the ball in that game. So the way France played against Peru was the same way they played against the rest of the teams. They waited a little bit, relied on their strong defense and strong midfield. I mean, Kante is a beast. Um, and also relied on the fact that they have extraordinary attackers with Mbappe and and Griezmann. And just did that. And it worked extremely well. And um, so, sorry. So my point is that I would have liked to see Peru through. I think we had the quality to go through. I don't think Argentina did, and it really—that's why it did really, really disappointed me to not see Nigeria through, because I think they had quality to go through and quality to to win that game. Um, and yeah, I mean, but the rest of the South American teams, I think Uruguay did a pretty good game against France. Played a pretty good game against France. Um, 
And it's France. I mean, they, they've played yeah, super well. Yeah, and they were the champions, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, as we said also, I don't know, I think England... Well, I think England got what they deserved at the end. I don't think they had the, the team to be the champion. Uh, but I think they, they went far also because they were kind of lucky as well to be on the other side of the bracket, which right. was for sure the, the, the safest way to make it to the semifinal. And, uh, but yeah, at the end, they couldn't win against Croatia. I, I told my um, boss about England because my boss is British before the World Cup started. I was like, you know, you guys have a pretty interesting team because you have a very decent defense, strong, um, very interesting defensive midfielders with Eric Dyer. Um, um, who else is there? Um, should I forget? Um, and the, well, the midfield is very strong. And especially what I really liked was Sterling and Lingard at the front. Um, so all in all, on paper, it seemed like a pretty strong team. But when you saw them play, I, oh, and and Dele Alli. Um, Dele Alli is really good, yeah. Yeah, when you saw them play, I didn't really see all of that potential that they could give. You know what I mean? Like, I really wish I had seen more, uh, and I, I just didn't feel like or, or or saw like that they could. I thought that they could reach seventy out of a hundred, and I feel like they only reached fifty. Um, and I wish I would have seen more from them. Yeah, especially in attacking. I don't know. I th- I th- I think what I saw was a lot of a strength, but not necessarily a lot of a good football from them. A lot yep. of like force pushing, you know, making the other team Set commit pieces. commit mistakes in order to get yep. a penalty here, a free kick here, you know, a corner kick on this side, you know, like they were like playing this kind of little game there, which was not technically a good thing, you know. You, I didn't see like a technical England. I saw more a tricky England, you know, like. Yep. So yeah, I don't know, but anyhow, I think it was. It was a good workout, one of the best probably we have seen. Uh, I don't know, in my, I have seen probably all the workouts since I remember. And um, for me, for sure, the most exciting workout was uh, the one in 2006 uh, when Ge- in Germany when France played Italy. Mm-hmm. And for me, that final was very exciting because I wanted France to win back then. And then that was when Zidane committed that fault at the end that... The France couldn't like play, had to play with ten players for the rest of the match, and then Italy won that match, and Italy became champions in penalties. Then, for me, the this one is for for sure like the one the World Cup in general was the most exciting thing. Uh, I think the the final was really good. We we excited. Do you want to start talking about the final now, Edgar? Yeah, I think we should. I think it's time. Okay, so (laughs) the final. As we saw, uh, France scored four goals, uh, Croatia scored two goals. Uh, Croatia was controlling the match for the first, I want to say, 30 minutes. Mm, I'd say 20. 20. Uh, It was very... I I think Croatia controlled the, the match really well. I think the first goal from France was kind of like a, it was an excellent go- it was a good goal I mean it was an own goal but you know like they the I think the fault was not a fault for real you know like I think uh, you know Griezmann was, I think he faked it a little bit yep and I think the referee like bought what he what, sold like, what he <laughs> sold and and, 
I mean, he did a very good free kick and they scored like oh, a that was horrible. Kick. Yeah. But then Croatia kept a little bit control of the match afterwards and they I, managed to before you move forward to the goal i have to say that i did not like that i felt like croatia was controlling the game was playing really well and i felt that that first goal came out of nowhere you yeah. know what i mean like yeah. nothing had happened france hadn't done anything um and i did not like that i i felt i i mean, I, I was i already had a beer on me but i felt like betrayed <laughs> yeah yeah, it was it was such a silly fault, and yeah. it was so close to the area that I'm very yeah. surprised that the VAR team didn't say anything to the referee. Yeah, but you know, like we're getting used to this new VAR technology now, so there are many things that are probably gonna have to change in the future. But definitely, it didn't play again in favor of Croatia in this final. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, no yeah. shit. Yeah. So, well, then Croatia scored uh, the goal to tie the match. A beautiful goal. Beautiful goal for Prezic, which is Edgar's favorite player. <laughs> Why do you keep saying that? Because he, I don't know, I think the joke <laughs> works in Spanish, but not in English. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to put you on the spot. <laughs> yeah, sorry. But yeah, Prezic scored a, a really good goal there. Amazing goal. And then uh, in... Just a little bit before the end of the first half, Griezmann on the score a goal on a, because of a penalty. The penalty uh, fault was very controversial because, you know, like uh, it was a handball in the area, which technically is a is a penalty. Is that mm-hmm. those are the rules? Mm-hmm. Sometimes they say that it's not because if it is involuntary. Or if the you know like for example if they are not really in danger maybe sometimes is you know it's no need to grant that penalty in this case I think it was involuntary and uh, I think uh, you know France didn't have any players behind the Croatian players for to make uh, like a dangerous move so I don't think there was actually actual danger mm-hmm. against you know like I don't think France could have a score even if the hand was not there. So, uh, they called the referee to this little cabin <laughs> on the side of the field, and he went there, he saw the recordings, and at the end he decided to grant the penalty to France. Francis Griezmann, of course, he scored the penalty, and it was uh, two against one uh, for France, and then they went to, the, to, to the play the second half, in the second half, what we saw was just magic for France. Pogba and Mbappé scored two wonderful goals, really good goals. I want to say that I believe it was, I think that's the first goal. I think there was a little mistake from Suasik, from the goalkeeper in Croatia. I don't know if you agree on that, Edgar, but I think the goalkeeper was a little bit, a little bit too slow in, in moving in that goal. In Pogba's goal or which goal? In Pogba's goal, yeah. Yeah. It I was weird. He, it was weird, and I think he froze, and he didn't even move, you know? He didn't even try to achieve that goal. I don't know. You know, so, so what I thought was interesting was the... F- I didn't notice this at first. I just noticed this in the repetition. Um, so I think it's Griezmann that kind of, uh, like, gives him, gives Pogba the ball, 
and Pogba to shoot first, remember? Yeah. And it hits a player. But if you notice, Pogba shoots with his right foot first, and it hits the player. And then th- with the rebound, he shoots with his left foot and just, boop, curves it into the goal. I, I, I don't know, but I, you know, at first I was like, well, what the hell? Why didn't the... Why didn't the goalie do anything? But now I'm wondering, after seeing the repetition, if the goalie, like, was kind of confused because he first shot with his right, and you would think that it would go, you know, to one angle, and then he shot with his left, so it would go, you know, to, to a different angle. I don't know. I'm just trying to rationalize why is it that he didn't do anything because he has stood there. Yeah. And also in the, in the fourth goal, he stood there. Yeah. I think the ball was a little bit too fast, though. I think he didn't have a chance to take that ball. That was incredible, though. Yeah. How Mbappe shoots and it just like whips into the goal. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was unbelievable. Yeah. But it, it was very exciting at this point because I thought, well, you know, I actually text a lot of my friends from France. I text them like, hey, mm-hmm. I think, I don't know, but I think it's time to celebrate. You know, like, <laughs> you know, like it's like I don't think they're gonna score three goals. You never know, but. You yeah, know, maybe you guys should relax. I think it's on the pocket right now. Yeah, and then four <laughs> minutes later, Joris, the goal, the goalie from France, makes this really silly mistake, which uh, Mansukic took advantage of and score in a uh, final. In a final, I, I I don't know. It was telling Edgar that I think it's a, a very silly mistake from Joris as well, and you know, like it, it, there's no doubt about that. But I think it's also very. It was a good move from Mansukic, a really, you know, like a brave move to go there, you know, and try to push the the goalie to make a mistake, you know, like to not to push him physically, but to make him like, right. you know, to make, make that mistake, to make yeah. yeah, make your presence felt, and make him like uh, have that pressure to make a mistake and a score. <laughs> and I think that, that was that was exciting actually. That brought the Croatian team back into the game. And they kept playing, you know, like uh, trying to score and trying to. They had different chances afterwards. And and they, and they could and you could tell that Croatia, that every time that they would pass it back to the goalie, a player would run to <laughs> to pressure him after the goal. I noticed that. I noticed that at least three four times after they scored. Yeah, I mean, I was like, that's you know, that's what you have to do. You know, you you you're losing. You're two down. Even if he's not going to make that same mistake again, you're still making him feel that he messed up. You know? Yeah, that, you, that, he, that he can make that mistake again. And, right. You know, yeah. And, and that, like, that, inflict damage on his confidence. Yeah, that's that's exactly... Yeah, that's exactly what I, what I was going to say. That's, and also, like, you know, like, in, in these kind of matches, it's very easy for, like, goalkeepers sometimes to make these kind of mistakes... You know, because they if they lose one second of concentration or something, you know, like the other team can take advantage, and mm-hmm. you know, like the, it's the final of a World Cup, so you know, like Oof. it happens every four years. It was the first time for Croatia in a final, so yeah, you know, like it was very exciting. But at the end, I mean, I yeah, nothing happened afterwards. Croatia pushed it, tried to score, but at the end, France they they came, the game came to an end, and France won, in my opinion. France was the best team to the, the entire tournament. Uh, as I said before, I, I think the best soccer came from Belgium for me, but I think France was the best team. I think France deserved this World Cup. I think they won this final. 
in a very fair way. I think even though there were some stuff that I didn't, don't agree with the referee, I don't think they won because of the referee. I think right. they did a great job. It was a very, I think they had a really professional team, really devoted to win, very diverse. I think Mbappé, Kanté, I think Pogba, Griezmann, they all did a, an amazing job this time. Uh, they won every single match except the match that they played against Denmark in the group stage. That was probably a pointless match anyway for them because they were already yeah. qualified. So, you know, probably they didn't want to use all their force and all their strength for a match that was not... Well, that was gonna, pointless. Well, it was pointless, yeah. But, yeah, it was uh, very exciting. Um, I actually... Like the, the, the like France as a team, and I think it, it was they deserved this because you know they played the final of the Euro Cup uh, a couple of years ago, and I for me I think France deserved to win that Euro Cup uh, because Portugal showed really poor conditions to win that Euro Cup, and they played a really horrible soccer. <laughs> you know, like their way of playing was like not the best. Not even Ronaldo was able to shine. Well, he got injured. Uh, he got injured. He was not even playing that far. Yeah, at some point he couldn't yeah. play part of the final. Yeah. And he was like cheering for his teammates from the bench. But, you know, I, I think this makes justice for France. And and, he, and well deserved for France. Very disciplined. I like Didier the champs. The, the coach is amazing. He won the World Cup with Zidane back in 1998. And now he's winning it as a coach, which is fantastic. Uh, he deserves all the credit for this. He's a very young team. I think he deserves the credit also because he didn't call players that are historic in France. He didn't call, uh, for example, uh, the, the players, for example, Benzema or Ribery, for example, players that are that have played workouts before and which have had problems with the French Federation. In some other federations, they will have called these players, you know, because they are so right. popular and so uh, playing like in really famous teams. But Didier Deschamps said, no, we don't need them because I have these players that I trust them. You know, like I think this, are, this is a team that is going to make us win the World Cup and, and he won it. So, so I think that was a good... I, I thought that France was... The best because they beat Peru. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what's true, though, actually? This is a fun fact. And it is time for fun facts. Um, Peru has qualified to the World Cup only five times. And every time Peru play, every time Peru qualifies to the World Cup, um, they play the champion. Oh, so, really? Yep, every single time. It happened in Uruguay 1930. It happened in Italy, uh, I think in Spain 82. Um, and now this time uh, that yeah we played France we lost against them uh, and they became the champions of the tournament so yeah wow. every time that we play so so you know I I felt like like I said France played the same style of game they knew that they were they knew that they could play an extremely attacking game that they could play a game that everyone would love. But then that that could also mean that they could lose, uh, and they chose. They I, I just feel like what you're saying is right about the coach because 
I think in this team you can see you can feel that they were told you guys are all extremely capable not just the forwards so let's all play you know let's use our defense defenders let's use our midfielders um, and let's use our attackers when we need to um, and yeah and you know being able to play like that and being able not to um, give they 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 gave like, you know like in the game against Peru I feel like Peru had the ball and Peru quote unquote controlled the game but we never really created any chances yeah like we created four five maybe I think we only had two shots on goal but it felt like we had the ball which we did um, and that's what France did to you you felt like you had the ball you kind of fakely felt in control but you never really created that many chances and when they when they had the chance, they cre- they they took advantage of France would take advantage of it and score, and that formula worked for them throughout the entire tournament. And I mean, they definitely deserve this. And uh, like you said, I think I liked uh, Belgium. Um, I thought they were a pretty good team, and I I wish I would have seen more of Brazil. I honestly felt like they were the strong favorites in this tournament. Um, yeah, me too. I thought they were gonna get farther, but yeah, I thought they were gonna win it. To be honest, yeah, but uh, because he, what well, we saw in South America, they beat every single everyone. match. Everyone. Yeah, everyone, everyone, everyone. But, uh, I don't know if that says more about us than anything, but let's let's yeah. not open that door. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, it was very exciting and a very fair win for France, and I think it was good that they won this World Cup. So, who who do you think could have, who do you think could have beat France, for example? In, in in this tournament like I think I think uh, Brazil and and they, and maybe Germany because Germany is very dangerous in the finals but I think Brazil from what we saw in South America was you know like really strong yeah. and really you know like powerful I mean we, yeah yeah something like yeah, Brazil, I mean Germany didn't do that well this World Cup and they did deserve not to go through um, the next stage but I agree I think to me Brazil was definitely the the one team, you know, they've been champions five times, so the, the one team that could have done more, um, but they lost against Belgium, so... <laughs> yeah, nothing to do there. Yeah. But I think it was, uh, I mean, France becomes, you know, like, it reaches another level right now because it becomes a team with two finals in their logo, so it's at the same level as Argentina, at the same level as Italy, you know, like, it's, it's, uh, it's historic for France, too. It's like a... I think it's good for them. I think they deserve to be there. Yeah, but for sure. Yeah, it's a more recent, like kind of like winner, right? Because they started, they won the first World Cup in '98, right. and 20 years later, it's the uh, opposite of Argentina or Uruguay, if you think about it, right? Yeah, yeah, they won there like long ago, and we haven't seen anything yeah. of them. Well, Argentina made it to the final last year, That's true. in the last World Cup. That's true. But yeah. I, you know, I was gonna say I think to wrap up with France and with the podcast that um, I saw a really interesting article the other day, and I think New York Times or somewhere else, um, talking about how many players in this World Cup were from France, and there were about fifty. Were playing in France, you mean? No, were French. So born in France, and their parents are, you know, Moroccan or from Iran or. Oh, oh, I got you. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Uh, Mar- 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 Morocco had many nationalized yeah. 
Yeah. They were so it was incredible because the first the country with the most players in the World Cup was first France with like fifty, and the second one was like Brazil with, you, like I don't know maybe five more than the ones that are playing for Brazil. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I understand um, that. So like twenty nine, I guess twenty twenty eight. Um, I mean that was incredible. Um, you know it's. You, you could see it as a kind of French dominance, you know, for, for the glove, because, I mean, I guess there are cases like Iwain. Iwain was born in France, but... Yeah, he was born in Argentina, yeah. Right. Um, so, so anyway, I thought that was super interesting, because it's just, it just speaks of some sort of dominance of, you know, the French player, which is funny because it doesn't really reflect on their league that much. No, the league is actually not... A first level league in the for UEFA under UEFA standards, right? You know, because I mean, you see the French league. They I don't think they have that much resources invested on the the national league. I think there is only one team who is which is very strong, which is Paris Saint Germain. Then Monaco, kind of sometimes, but the other teams are not at the same level well, as Lyon. Lyon tried to. Lyon was like five times champions of France. But they, they, I don't think they ever became like a superpower. You know, they never became like a semi, like a constant semi-finalist in the Champions League or anything like that. Yeah, Marseille as well. Marseille for yeah, a time. Marseille as well. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I think uh, hopefully we see more. Like, uh, I think hopefully we see France getting more even with the other leagues. That would be fantastic. I think. Yeah. But uh, we will see. I mean. Uh, this it's kind of sad but they put like UEFA puts like the French league kind of at the same level as the Portuguese league you know Oof. like it's kind of like I don't know why I don't think they I don't think that's accurate but yeah I don't know that's how it is right now yep but uh yeah um, just to wrap up this this podcast I don't know the, after the 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 World Cup some of the uh, there's there been there there are some players moving out and some players moving into other clubs or so coaches moving in and out of their clubs so this is also very exciting i heard for example today that zidane was probably gonna join juventus but who knows if that's actually gonna happen <laughs> you know yeah. i had heard that he was gonna join as a like as a managing director or like a sports director not as a coach um which you know if you're zidane you've won like two or three champions leagues you you know I don't know. I may want to do that, but I'm a little lazy, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah. But also, finally... Well, I don't know. In, in Colombia, for example, Pekeman is probably not going to stay. And they're saying that he's going to be probably the next manager of the Argentinian team. Not the mm-hmm. coach, but the manager. He's also a senior person, so I don't know. He wants to keep, you know, yeah, training I, teams. I, think I wouldn't want to do that, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Do you know anything about San Paoli, Edgar? Have you heard anything? Well, yeah, we were talking about that. Sampaoli is no longer Argentina's uh, coach. Uh, I think they paid him $4 million to go away. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah. yeah. Two, four or two, I don't quite remember right now. Um, nevertheless, it's a lot of money. I mean, but I think it's fair, I have to say. They promised him a long-term contract and... He quit his job at Sevilla. That sure, maybe he wasn't doing amazingly, but he wasn't doing bad either, as far as I remember, of course. So I, I don't know. I you know you you have to you have to know this, Evas. Peruvians have a soft spot for San Paoli because he started his career in Peru. San Paoli started his career in Peru. Yes. How? 
something else. Uh, but yeah, he started training a little little teams, and then he trained this team called um, Bolognesi of Tacna, like it's a province in the south of Peru. Uh, and then he trained bigger teams, and then he went le- left Peru and went to Universidad de Chile. You know, and his career blossomed. But he started being a coach in in Peru. Wow, I didn't know that. So we have yeah. a soft spot for him because I mean, he's he's a good worker, but I, I I do have to say, I don't think he's a bad coach, but I think this job was bigger than he thought uh, yeah. it would be. I don't know, but in one conference, I remember he said that he didn't plan matches because yeah. if his job was to plan, he would have been a business person instead of a, of a coach. And when he said that, I was like... What are you talking about? You know, like every single coach in the world, like top coach, the first thing they do is to plan. You know, like they see videos endlessly of different matches of the opponent to see how they play and to make a good picture of how they're going to set their players on the field. So when he said that, I was like, oh my God, what kind oh, of world wow. does he live in? Yeah, and I didn't realize he actually said that. That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. But yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of upset if Peckerman leaves, going back a little bit to Peckerman because I, I don't know who's going to stay. They say that Lorenzo, probably his assistant coach, is going to stay in Colombia, which is not a bad change. I mean, he is... Continuation. It's a continuation of the process that Peckerman started and definitely showed results. But, you know, like, as you said, probably it's good for Peckerman to retire. Uh, and I, I would. I, his I think glory. Also- yeah, I think it's also time, you know, maybe he should go live big, like, you know, uh, as, as a winner, um, having accomplished so much for Colombia, having taken them to the World Cup, um, then staying in another process and maybe things not going so well for him. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's time. You know, I have to say, though, I think, you know, you worry about Beckerman, I worry about Gareca staying, but in reality... What we should worry more about is the institution itself, not the person, yeah. but but the institution itself, because um, I think that's what makes the. Man, I I, the I mean I don't know. I'm very worried, very worried from Commonwealth all the way down to yeah the Colombian League. Like I think yeah. everything needs to be fixed, and they have. To, I mean, if they were serious about it, they should like sit down once, maybe take a cruise or something. And planned this whole thing from the scratch. You know, yeah. you like in Colombia, nothing is working. The league, we only have one strong team playing in the Libertadores, and that's it. You know, like we have teams that are really poor. We are not making good players. The good players are leaving very early. We are not attracting foreign players anymore. And I can tell the sad thing is that I can think. I think this is the same case for every single Latin American yes. country. Yes. You know. Yep, exactly. If all the good players live young, then they get lost or they come back or they move to the United States like us. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, but but you know, like that yeah. that happens often, and it's 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 not good. Uh, Farfan stayed in Peru for a few years. I mean, everyone knew he was a superstar, uh, but he didn't leave for for a while, and I, I do think that contributes to you know if we come what we've been which is like an exporting uh, right country so they get better by seeing us Uh, anyway it's it's I think that we need to fight to make the the football institutions the soccer institutions better in every country um, so that you know we don't 
worry so much about coaches leaving uh, and that the coach actually gets like you know the coach has to fit into the institution's plans the coach doesn't have to dictate the institution's plans if, if that makes any sense yeah that makes total sense I fully agree with that um, it's something that we have lost I think we at some point had something like that you know like at some point like in the 80s 70s 90s you know, like the leagues, like like I think football the was. The Colombian league was very strong. But I think football in South America, in general, was more professional, was more organized, and you know, like they could create teams uh, that will last longer, and you know, like create processes inside the teams, and we haven't seen that 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 much anymore. It's kind of sad. Well, but. you know what I think has happened more is that everyone else things have become more professional, right? There are more like teams have become institutions, federation have become important, respected institutions, and I think in South America we're still like looking at each other's faces and trying to figure out because we're still so used to things being so uh, ad hoc and. Uh, random and that's worked out great for us in the past but now the world nothing <laughs> works like that anymore <laughs> yeah uh, and, and and i think we, we have to change yeah but well we'll see what happens in this new semester thank you everybody for listening to us we soon will be launching our social media and we highly encourage you to follow us again this is the football chronicles and this is sebastian garcia Yep, this is Edgar Ramirez. Thank you so much for your time and have a good day, everyone. Bye.